politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots, to the Conservative Review podcast, your one and only source of independent conservative news and views. Your truly only independent source, your only respite from the ridiculous soap opera of politics to focus on what is actually important. Now, I don't have to tell you I am not watching the impeachment hearings today um, because when you actually live in the real world and you understand the consequences of the duopoly of the Republican and Democrat parties that we have today, it really doesn't matter much. A lot of people say, hey, Daniel, um, they come up and ask me, what do you think is going to happen with impeachment? What do you think is going to happen uh, next year, meaning the 2020 elections? And I say, it doesn't matter. Look, I certainly don't want Democrats to win the presidency. But if you look at what's going on with crime increasing in this country, if you look at what's going on with illegal immigration, if you look at what's going on in the courts, where the courts more and more every day are deciding everything, when you look at how Republicans have abandoned so many states, where in blue states, it's like communist China. In red states, it's like communist China. Um, maybe not as bad, but barely doing anything good. Does it make much of a difference? Being the nerd that I am, while everyone's watching this morning, um, and it is Wednesday morning, everyone's watching the impeachment hearings in the House. I watched an immigration hearing in the Senate, Senate Homeland Security Committee. And what was amazing about it is just watching government officials testify, including friends of mine who were testifying, USCIS acting director and acting CBP commissioner, Mark Morgan, about how the numbers over the past year have been worse than ever, the situation's worse than ever. And I'm thinking, Trump has been president for three years. <laughs> you know, it's worse than it's ever been. In addition, they just nominated in the Senate Chad Wolf, who's going to wind up being DHS secretary, an H-1B visa lobbyist, someone who swings for the other side. And I know that my colleagues in this business love impeachment. To them, this is like the Super Bowl. It gives them endless fodder. But I can't get hyped up on this if the left wins on all of the important policy, cultural, and civilization battles while we fight over raw politics. Meaning, the point in the past over fighting on raw politics was that that would determine the outcome of the policies. But if the left is going to win on the policies anyway, either because we let them win or because the so-called right implements those policies for them on their watch, then what difference does it make? Maybe the reason why I'm focused on a little different uh, set of issues than other people is because of my own neighborhood. And I want to use the word neighborhood and community a lot today because I think one of the things that Republicans are stupid or, or stupidly ignoring is that neighborhood. Bring, bring all political issues back to the neighborhood, back to the community. How is your community today? 
what affects you. And nothing affects your daily lives more than the security of your neighborhood. Now, I don't know how many of you have this in your areas, and granted that the crime wave is not 100% uniform as it was, let's say, in the 80s, but if we don't do anything now, it will get there. But certainly in many places, um, California, places in New York, Minneapolis, Kansas City, obviously my hometown of Baltimore, but even places like Alaska, really, really growing in terms of crime. Last night, I got word that, that on my street, a block down, there was a carjacking. Someone had his car stolen, you know, right, right in front of his eyes. I believe he was armed. This is a trend that is all over the place uh, in Baltimore County, Baltimore City for sure. And it was getting closer and closer. Finally, it's on my own block. And, and there's just something so unsettling and disquieting about that feeling that you try to earn enough money to live in an area where you're not going to be in the hood. And at least in front of your own home, you could feel safe. This occurred not at 2 in the morning. This occurred at 9.30 at night. It's pretty tough that now we have to be scared to walk out in front of our own home. And by the way, this happens during the day too. And right away, my thought is, man, I need to go exercise my Second Amendment rights, bring out my H&K VP9. It's a little, uh, it's a little clunky. It is big, but I, I still like this as a carry weapon. Except, guess what? I can't carry. See, criminals are able to carry openly or concealed in Maryland because they don't get thrown back in jail because prison is now viewed as the problem. Police are the problem. Prosecutors and sentencing are the problems. Law-abiding citizens defending themselves are the problems. But criminals are no longer a problem. They're just trying to earn a living. That's what we're told. And we have a situation where I can't even carry in front of my own home. Now, I know a lot of you are in states where you can. But this is a growing problem in all sorts of states and localities where government is like a Swiss army knife now. I mean, it does everything. Except for the one thing that it is tasked with doing. It just, I mean, I mean this is something that, that it gets me so much. And you know what? Even if Let's say I'd be allowed to carry in Maryland. Let's say I've wound up finagling myself um, a carrier's permit. If you show that you deposit large sums of cash, you have a cash business, which I don't. But let's say I did, I'd be able to get a carrier's permit. It's kind of bizarre here. That's the only thing for which they'll give it to you. But I was thinking, what would happen if I'm confronted with a carjacker? Well, okay, so I draw my weapon. Okay, I draw my weapon, and just don't want to point it at the camera here. Um, freeze, step back, okay? What are you going to say? Step back. What happens? Nine out of ten times, these guys are on drugs. They'll start coming towards you. You have to shoot, okay? What happens in that case? I'm going to be sent to jail. Not the criminal. 
I'll be sent to jail. This is the Sodom and Gomorrah we live in now. And I'm telling you, folks, it is my dream to create one umbrella organization that represents victims of crime, law-abiding citizens, law enforcement, prosecutors, to actually focus on crime and illegal immigration in a way that addresses the security of your neighborhood, your community. Imagine if we had a Republican Party dealing with that. Imagine if President Trump would relentlessly focus on that. The die is cast on impeachment. The Democrats are going to do it in the House. It's not going to pass in the Senate. But remember, why did Bill Clinton succeed? Because people felt good on the issues. They felt he was doing a good job, so they didn't care. They need, in the White House, they need a narrative where voters feel his existence as president is indispensable to their security, safety, or prosperity. And right now, I'm not seeing much of an agenda to address that. You know, I'm seeing the president intermittently praise the stupid jailbreak bill, pal around with Kim Kardashian, who's now out there promoting uh, um, the stay of execution of this guy who murdered and raped a girl in Texas uh, 23 years ago. I'm not seeing any narrative on this. And I don't understand what is more personal to people than this issue. This is everywhere. We have an article out today. We talked a little bit about the knockout. The knockout mentality, this whole knockout game. Here in Maryland, we had a case where someone died from a knockout attack in Frederick County in September. So we have another case. A friend of the show, a listener uh, from Minnesota, sent me. A 75-year-old man was exiting a bus stop, or a bus at a metro stop in Minneapolis, and Leroy Devante Davis Miles was together with a whole group of people. So it wasn't just him. That's the thing. They approach you, but then they have a whole team with them. So there's no way you could ever defend yourself, even if you tried. And um, he punched this 75-year-old guy. He fell hard on the pavement. And this was a week ago, and he died last night in the hospital of his wounds. Minneapolis. Okay, it's, it's not, traditionally, this is not one of the cities that we always viewed as problematic. But Minneapolis and St. Paul, St. Paul is on pace for record murders. Minneapolis is seeing a 32% increase in um, homicides, 13% increase in other violent crimes, 15% increase in property crimes, particularly problems on the metros and light rail, public transportation, and this knockout game. Imagine if Republicans had a unified voice in every state where they have control to... um, push knockout legislation, mandatory sentencing. This guy happened to be an adult, the one who did this, he was 23 years old. Um, and of course, he had a massive rap sheet with drugs and you know, th- threatening to beat people up and was arrested on multiple assault charges over the last three years. And of course, he didn't serve a day in jail. And, and, and that's, that's typically what happens with these cases. But imagine if we had a unified vision from the Republican Party to deal with this. Come back to me 
about what your electoral uh, results would look like. Last night, I had a private conversation with a Republican governor. I'm not, I won't say who it is, but a Republican governor called me out of the blue. And I, I was given over some of these ideas. You know, mandating that police automatically ask upon arrest, what country are you a citizen of? So we could root out any foreign national crime, at least a repeat offender, because right away we turn you over. Remember, there's one thing to cooperate with ICE from the get-go, but ICE often doesn't know who these people are if they're first-timers. I pushed knockout legislation. I pushed with him um, what I think is another really important one we've talked about a lot is, is toughening sentencing on felony possession. If Democrats want to talk about gun control, well, what about criminals who illegally possess guns? Let's prosecute them. Let's throw them, throw them in jail. These are the ones that are committing all the crimes. But one after another, we are see, seeing the de- deterioration of communities in this country. So you have the story here. California woman claims homeless man dumped bucket of hot feces on her head. This is the big problem. We've, this is our latest kick, I guess you'd say. Our latest focus is on homelessness. Huge problem. And um, basically, uh, Heidi Van Tassel, she described the incident on Fox News on Tuesday um, that this guy pulled her out of her car, dragged her to the middle of the street and poured a bucket of hot feces on her head. Um, she said this guy who was six foot two, homeless man, um, took diarrhea and just soaked her with it. And it turns out this guy was recently let go of a uh, mental institution, which is a growing trend in LA and really greater California. And um, LA is rapidly becoming San Francisco. And again, we got San Francisco is the other thing here. Many of you have seen this. We reported on this, but now everyone's reporting uh, Chesa Bodine. This prosecutor, a guy was elected as prosecutor, who is the son, the son of weather underground terrorists who are responsible for the murder of two NYPD in the 1970s. He was raised by Bernadine Dorn and Nick Ayers. Bill Ayers, I'm sorry. And uh, basically, this guy promised to prosecute ICE and law enforcement. And um, some of you might have seen the headlines saying that he's not going to prosecute public defecation, public urination, and vagrancy. Basically, just permitted. Where does that leave us? Where does that leave all of us? I mean, you now have a situation where the groundskeepers of Sacramento, the people that uh, take care of the California Capitol grounds in Sacramento, they're being attacked by homeless. Some of these people are very violent on drugs and uh, they have to carry pepper spray and (laughs) their union won't even pay for it. (laughs) Unbelievable. San Francisco Francisco Chronicle reports that police records show a record 203,000 hours in off-duty work logged by city cops over the past year, over five times more than any previous year. Because private businesses are now hiring them because of all the theft. 
Why isn't Trump focusing on this? I mean, I'm just telling you, crime is going up. The border, while finally they listen to us after screwing up with us, and then guess what? As uh, Mark Morgan said at the hearing today, if some of you, some of you might have watched it, we are one lower court opinion away from losing the border again, which we will, because the administration has made it clear that there is not a single thing a lower court could do that will be out of bounds, and they'll just dutifully follow it. And interior enforcement as well. While there are having some bright spots with ICE, at the end of the day, this president has signed every stupid budget bill that has increased funding for everything except for ICE. That is the one thing where we, we truly do need more funding. Border Patrol is a, is a policy problem. It's a strategy problem. But ICE, because we have so many years worth of garbage that we let in, yes, we do. If you are going to enforce the law now, you do need more personnel. We need more funding. And that was discussed at today's hearing. Um, but you know what? I mean, of all the statutory changes this president has, has made, think about this. Think about this for a moment. We had a Republican trifecta control for two years. Not a single positive immigration promise was fulfilled legislatively. Do you know there has been one immigration thing that has passed? That was the February omnibus bill, which prospectively invited illegal aliens to self-traffic their teenage kids who come in here, join MS-13, and get resettled at taxpayer dime because we pay for the rope to hang ourselves with. That was passed under Trump. He signed into law. We warned him about it that day. He knew about it, and he decided to sign it anyway. I can't control the Democrats on impeachment. But what, what I, as collectively as conservatives, with some modicum of influence, what all of us and my colleagues in this industry can do is influence the president to take the issues that are within his hands, implement them properly, message them properly, and guess what that does? It neutralizes the impeachment threat because Democrats look small if he's beating them on the issues. But if the entire conservative movement is going to allow the left to get away with one Willie Horton after another and do nothing to expose them and, in fact, join with them. I mean, the, the, the news from Oklahoma, 500 mass jailbreak, 500 criminals let out of jail. Boom. The most conservative state in America. Where do you and I turn? And by the way, thank you, uh, Carol, um, for sending me this article. Listener from Oklahoma, man released in Oklahoma's historic commutation, arrested days later. This guy was arrested for drug dealing again. See, we mentioned before, while certainly illegal immigration, sanctuary cities, cartels, transnational gangs are a big part of the drug crisis and why it has really taken off over the last few years. But there's also the domestic part of it, which is jailbreak. We're letting out drug traffickers. So guess what they do when you let them out? They traffic more drugs. More people die from it. Now they note this guy, Eric Beck, 29, who was behind bars. He was released from prison under this great jailbreak. He had a criminal history dating back to 2008. 
Now, they say he was most recently in prison on two small drug crimes. This is um, from News9.com. But I guarantee you the reason why he was there on drug charges is because that's what they landed a conviction on. But it's even more than that. And indeed, you know, he had prior convictions for burglary, assault and battery on correctional officers. Um, these are violent dudes. OK, that drug traffickers are violent dudes. You take them off the tr- street. You have less drugs, but really more than that, more successful than with the drugs is with stopping other crimes. Here we are. And this is just one guy we heard of days later. His bond was set for 30000 I don't know how much he has to pay, but that's not a lot. Um, so there you go with that. Let's see what else we have here. You know, one, one of the things I want to get on the show one, one of these days, Alaska's governor, who is actually opposed to jailbreak, and he reversed some of their policies, jailbreak spread to alaska some of you might not realize it but um alaska is one of the worst jailbreak states now and basically crime is rising there left and right particularly in anchorage but really really everywhere um you know some of it is you know has to do with domestic disturbances with uh indigenous population um but in general it's all sorts of people so before i get to the story just i mean this is a couple weeks old from the anchorage daily news alaska saw the highest violent crime rate in five years in 2018 the state's already high rate of sexual assault surged by 11 percent nearly four times the national rate um property crime especially vehicle theft appear to be trending down, okay, unlike in California. But they note that um, basically rape and other violent crimes are, uh, are surging. Now, one of the things to consider, I just want to note, is that When you have an enduring trend year after year of 25, 20 to 25 consecutive years of crime going down, and then you start reversing that trend in many places throughout the country, that is even more concerning than pre-crime wave, right, than the 1980s. And the reason is because of technology. You would expect that with modern technology, yes, there is a certain level of sustained drop in crime that we should maintain because it's not like the old days anymore. Remember, you do have some high-tech crimes, but most of what we're talking about with property crimes and certainly violent crimes, it's the same. An assault is an assault. Uh, Auto theft is an auto theft. A murder is a murder. So. The technology behind the crime has not has not uh, become more efficient or has not improved from the criminal standpoint. But the technology behind identifying and apprehending and therefore deterring crime, because you know you're going to get caught, 
is much stronger. I mean, the guy, the car down the, the, the block, it had anti-theft tracking on it. They tracked it down. Most of the people here, they catch. Um, this knockout case in Minneapolis I was talking about, they, uh, they caught the guy with uh, software that has fa- facial recognition, which, by the way, is a whole other thing. Um, Governor Gavin Newsom in California recently signed a bill banning the use of some of that. That's a whole other part of jailbreak. Because remember, they don't want to put people in jail. That's the whole point. So you let criminals out. So you denude the police of any um, tactics of achieving results. So the point is, you would expect that as, as you know, cameras become universal, like every square inch of this land is covered with cameras. Everyone has a camera. I mean, I'm sure if you had, if you polled or you know had a survey maybe there's data out there if there is send it to me um dharowitz at blazemedia.com uh when i was growing up i didn't know anyone who had a surveillance camera at their home and they had it at maybe businesses but not at a you know in a residential area at your home residence now every other person i know um in my neighborhood has a camera so you would expect that would lead to further apprehension the facial recognition technology And therefore, it would lead to a greater deterrent and less crime. So the fact that you're having more crime despite that is very disturbing. And the reason is very simple. We're catching criminals, all right. We're identifying them. But guess what we're not doing? Locking them up. (laughs) So if you don't lock them up, there's no deterrent. They're not scared of getting caught. They're scared of getting punished. If you catch them and don't punish them, well, it's kind of meaningless restore we're gonna have restoration criminal justice that's the lingo restore them not restore the citizen restore our property damage no so some of this garbage you hear well the crime levels are still going down some places they're not as high as it was before but you have to judge it based on today's technology i mean imagine if suddenly like life expectancy started to plummet i actually did go down for a year because of the drug crisis um but it really started to plummet for five straight years after um after life expectancy rose you know every year for for decades well you could point out well look people are still living way longer than they lived in 1890 well yeah but dude i mean based on everything we've done and you know grown as a as a society and technology you would hope we've long surpassed that period where we should worry about this. So this is a whole nother aspect of um, criminal justice that, that a lot of people are missing. One more story. Well, no, I'm sorry. I, I stepped on my own thing here. So I was going to talk about Alaska. So let's go into some of the criminal alien stuff. And I don't know if this guy is an alien, but I'm sure at some point he did come through immigration system I'm, I'm finding that out now juan camarina sought in connection with a triple homicide in wasilla so sent to me by um one of our uh heather one of our listeners in alaska and if you're a listener from alaska let me know your insight on this but to me that i mean that that's pretty bad triple homicide in a place like wasilla alaska really Alaska State Troopers, this is from mustreadalaska.com. 
They're looking for 51-year-old Juan Camarena in connection with three homicide deaths in Wasilla on November 2nd. Um, in early November, the bodies of 25-year-old Michael Atwood, um, Donna Marie Campos, and Nick Mudchak uh, were found on Nick Mudchak Road. And the body of 28-year-old Alyssa um, Jimenez was found near Mile 10 of Nick Goose Bay Road. Um, basically, they believe this guy, who is Hispanic, about six feet tall, weighs 200 pounds, is responsible. Um, he was born in 1968. Here's the deal. He has Elias's, and he is from Colton, California, which is a hotbed of transnational gangs. What does that tell you, folks? California's pro-criminal, pro-illegal alien cesspool, well, we've said this many times before, what happens in a sanctuary doesn't stay in a sanctuary. The reason why the founders in the constitutional system, gave immigration over to the federal government. And the founders said this many times. Roger Sherman, James Madison, Joseph Story. Okay, he was a generation later. Um, but you get the point. The reason why they did that was because they understood that you can't have one or two states letting in crap in order to juice up their numbers in Congress because of political motivations where it wouldn't be good for the whole of the union. You want to control your local education policies, your local farming policies, that's for you. But this is a federal issue. Because once they're here, they could go everywhere. And now it looks like one of these California dudes murdered three people in Wasilla, Alaska. So we'll follow that story as well. Here's another one you'll never hear about. A Wayne County man, what does North Carolina have a big problem with illegals, is charged with vehicular manslaughter after a fatal crash in Weedsport Sunday. This is WHEC. Um, the Cayuga County Sheriff's Office says the victim, Mark Knapp, was driving a compact tractor on the shoulder of Route 31 when 31-year-old um, Herberto Perez Valasquez hit him from behind. The victim was ejected and died on the scene. Perez Velasquez ran away from the scene but was caught soon after. Deputies say he was driving drunk and is an undocumented immigrant. He's being held on just 50,000 bail. Perez Velasquez has a pending charge from an aggravating driving while intoxicating arrest from an incident October 19th. Just a couple weeks ago. How in the world is that guy out on the streets? Could you imagine that you have illegal alien drunk drivers that are picked up on drunk driving and they're released again to do this? It's a habitual crime. Why am I the only one talking about this? 100% avoidable. Mark Knapp, name of an American you will never hear. None of the politicians in North Carolina will talk about it, including Tom Tillis, who's trying to fend off a primary challenge and badly wants to ingratiate himself to conservative voters, even as he does the bidding of open borders lobbyists at K Street. But this is the problem. How is it that we arrest people and don't ask them the most important question? 
What country are you a citizen of? Makes no sense. Makes no sense whatsoever. So there you have it. Safe communities and safe neighborhoods. That's what a sane Republican Party would run on. And if they would do, do so and expose all these stories every day, that would trump impeachment. No pun intended. I just heard at this hearing, you know, um, uh, Senator uh, Johnson from Wisconsin, Ron John, he was asking them, do you have data on, on gangs? You know, how much, you know, how much of these gangs are, are doing drugs and trying, uh, distributing the drugs and doing the violence? And they're like, we don't have data on it. Because so much of this is not reported as foreign national driven crime. So this is the big deal from, from, from this vantage point. Safe and secure neighborhoods, safe and secure communities. I mean, this is what I don't understand. I know Republicans don't stand for anything, but you would think they want to win so they can get in there and do nothing. This is my question to all of you who are like, Daniel, Daniel, who's going to win? Trump or Elizabeth Warren or whoever is there? Uh, impeachment. I'm not saying it's not important. I'm just saying, let's say best case scenario, Trump weathers the impeachment storm and Trump wins re-election. What is the point? What do the next four years look like? Do you have a blueprint for me showing me or guaranteeing me that even Trump won't continue to appoint open borders people or other leftists to other cabinet positions, agency heads? That we're going to improve his ability to fight on budget bills? Much less pass good legislation? What changes? No one's getting involved in primaries. No one's getting involved in issues. The left continues to run the ball down the field unopposed on every single play. And we're just sitting and dancing with the pom-poms in the stands. Checking out the concession stands. That's what this fake movement is all about. Impeachment. I'm sorry, I just can't get excited about it. Now, I, I just want to say one other thing on impeachment to segue into our final segment here on the courts, which is that the biggest thing in my mind here is not so much the fact that, oh, Democrats have a secretive process throughout the hearings, um, not disclosing their process, what they're doing as Republicans are protesting. I honestly think that's kind of a lame argument. They control the House. Um, Democrats have the right to impeach a president. <clears throat> they control the House. And there is no due process. The, the, the process is that the Senate ultimately has to vote to convict him. Um, and convicting doesn't mean throwing in jail. It means you're removed as president. So it's a different type of thing. I think what is the problem is they're saying that there's this whistleblower who is somehow um, able to just listen into a president's conversation with a foreign leader and just spew what he wants and he's able to remain anonymous and that i think you know as mark levin and others have very ably uh, articulated that is absolute nonsense and i think the broader point that that reveals is that for years the democrats have created a system 
where they don't use the checks and balances that the Constitution accords them, and then they create ones that are anti-constitutional. So if you want to impeach the president, you could do that. If you want to have a budget fight, right, the, the deadline for the latest budget is going to uh, expire in a couple of days. If you want to have a budget fight and refuse to fund the executive office of the president, which they can do, and um, you wouldn't have a funding bill and you'd, it would lead to a government shutdown and we would have a dramatic national fight to see who is right. Transparency, right? But what they don't they don't want to do that. What they want to do is have a fourth column, fourth branch within the executive branch that runs autonomously against the president, which you cannot do. And then finally, of course, they want to have the courts just be independent from the other branches. But the other branches aren't independent from the courts, right? It's one direction. So just wanted to close the loop on what happened yesterday. You had the DACA case. And again, I mean, not surprisingly, you would think that there's at least five votes to say, of course, a president could get rid of someone else's unlawful amnesty. But you you go through the transcript of oral arguments and it's so in the weeds like, yeah, maybe this, uh, you know, this effect, that effect. And it's like, imagine if you and I had a case where we said every liberal has to walk around butt naked. OK, well, we just we take them to court. That's what we want. Can you imagine a court case? Well, you know, I don't think you have a claim. It might not be gestational exactly, but let's see the effects of your policy here. I mean, they, they, they would throw it out in three seconds. And that's kind of the problem. And you had this again on this other case, this Hernandez case yesterday, a lesser known case that they heard in oral arguments in the afternoon over whether Mexican nationals can sue our Border Patrol and whether they have Fourth Amendment rights in Mexico to sue Border Patrol. And again, I don't think the Supreme Court's going to bite at that, but you never know. I mean, we didn't think they would bite at the uh, lawsuit with the census, and Roberts drew some sort of rabbit out of his hat, and he could do that as well here. But my point is, you just look at everything, and I realize the very important thought. A lot of people don't realize this. Even when we so-called win at a Supreme Court level, do you understand that thanks to the lower courts and thanks to the administration's alacrity for crowning them as king and hiding behind them as the sole and final arbiter, even things that we know 100% are going to be struck down, you know, reversed on appeal, they're able to permanently change the trajectory of major issues and their outcomes and therefore the electoral consequences of them. So we have gone for two years with illegal aliens being able to remain here with work permits and the electoral consequences of that thereof. This is what everyone's missing. So yeah, you could win at the Supreme Court level. Guess what? They come back in 50 other cases, and they do the same thing. It's a game of whack-a-mole. You can never win. Again, I cannot get excited about impeachment. You know, you want to talk about impeachment, let's start impeaching judges. Because you know what? Your dinky judge in some far-flung area matters a lot more than the president himself does under this erroneous, fallacious, North Korean-style government that we've seemed to have... Uh, adopted not adopted 
1789, but over the last number of years, that, you know, picture, picture the most contentious legislative item you could imagine. That it would take years worth of political capital to pass. You would likely not be able to pass. You'd have to have a lot of compromises with the other party to pass it by Camerly, the House, the Senate, get it signed by a president. And then even if you did, if it's really contentious, you would likely suffer electoral reprisal for doing it. In one minute of one hour, one single judge could accomplish more than what any party hopes to accomplish in Congress. Yesterday, I wanted to get to this. Court rules against warrantless searches of phones and laptops. A federal court in Boston has ruled that warrantless U.S. government searches of the phones and laptops of international travelers at airports and other U.S. ports of entry violate the Fourth Amendment. Uh, Tuesday's ruling in U.S. District Court came in a lawsuit filed by the American Civil Liberties Union and the Electronic Frontier Foundation on behalf of 11 travelers whose smartphones and laptops were searched without individualized suspicion at U.S. ports of entry. Um, they still you describe these searches as phishing expeditions. And basically, the number of electronic devices searched searches at u.s ports of entry has increased significantly the aclu said um last year they conducted more than thirty-three thousand searches now remember in fiscal year 2019 the department processed more than 414 million travelers at u.s ports of entry so that's 0.01 percent of those arriving as international travelers have had some sort of electronic device searched the two plaintiffs, Ghassan and Nadia al-Assad, were stopped as they tried to re-enter the U.S., and they are the plaintiffs in this case. Look, I know even a lot of people in this audience, when they hear the word warrantless search, phones, laptops, they don't like it. Everyone loves their privacy. But remember, we can't do to the Fourth Amendment what the left has done to the 14th Amendment. There's one thing to have certain policies in place when and when you don't want to do this. And there's another thing to say that all international travelers arriving from out of country at a port of entry have a constitutional right not to be searched. And I'm sorry to tell you, as much as we don't like this stuff, and I wouldn't like other countries doing it to me, but you know when you enter a country, that, that is just an ancient principle. Now, you didn't have these devices now um, until, until recently, but I'm, I'm sorry, maybe some of you disagree with me, but that is a huge deal, and in order to get something like that passed, we would have major legislation, we would have a major debate, and even if it would succeed, we would have some sort of compromise and some sort of guidelines put into place. But if you're going to allow a single federal judge to control seaports airports land ports all of our country international affairs i'm sorry no such right exists and again it's 0.01 percent remember i mean they're essentially making us go butt naked as americans on american soil going through just um you know security lines so international travelers coming in through customs i mean Dude, I'm not going to get so excited over that because our rights are violated as Americans on our on our soil. So certainly international travelers going through customs. Point zero one percent. I mean, 
have been searched. And look, we let in a lot of problematic people. So this is just denuding them of another tool to vetting this out. But again, I just want to give you a sense of the magnitude of the decisions made by these individual judges are greater in, in, in consequences, in magnitude, and in its categorical approach, meaning there's no like consequences. Even, even when one side wins significantly in legislation, usually there's some sort of um, limitation. They couldn't go this far. You know, they just didn't have the guts to stand before the people, face elections going this far. They'll compromise or take out this provision, modify this. A judge could just legislate whatever he wants, whatever, whatever he wants. This is why until other people join me in dissecting this issue and in opposing the notion of judicial supremacy, that they could take questions affecting the whole of the people, as Abraham Lincoln said, and they are the sole and final source and arbiter of that issue. I'm sorry, I just can't get hyped up about impeachment because, heck, every single judge impeaches every value and issue and policy of this country on a daily basis. I just hope that today's show between the problems we have with illegal aliens and cartels and traffickers and gangs and general crime rising in our neighborhoods and communities and between judges deciding every single issue, these to me are civilization killing issues that matter a lot more than impeachment and that if Trump himself would harness these issues, consistently speak to them, consistently give over to people in his tweets and his public addresses examples exposing the radicalism of the left for promoting crime and illegal immigration and sanctuaries and illegal alien drunk drivers and judicial supremacy, he would soar above the clouds and soar above impeachment. And largely, it would become moot and the Democrats would have to drop it. But alas, we are left with no vision, no leadership, and no leaders. We have to create our own leaders. Like I said, I am committed. At some point, we need to start an organization dealing with victims of crime, exposing the twin ills of illegal immigration and rising crime. Because if you and I don't do it, let me tell you, frankly, nobody will do it. Send me your comments, concerns, and questions to dharowitz at blazemedia.com. Anything you feel is not being covered on this show or some of our written content, uh, look, we got limited resources, but I'm glad to do it. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube page at Conservative Reviews uh, YouTube page. Like our videos till tomorrow. Thank you for listening and God bless.